Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, my wonderful, beautiful friends. Guys, welcome back to our slash entitled people, where people truly believe the world revolves around them and nobody matters. And in this episode, buckle up, guys. We've got trespassers, bad neighbors, Karens, bad bosses, all getting exactly what they deserve. I hope you enjoy the stories, and don't forget to hit that subscribe button for future tales. Planes aren't fun. I would teleport if I could. The biggest problem is usually the time and hassle at the airport, but I had a memorable encounter on one flight that makes me shake my head to this day, at least 18 years later. Now this took place pre-9-11, when rules were different. I was flying constantly for work at the time and had established a routine to settle in fast in my exit row. One of the last to board was a young woman who was in her late teens or early 20s with very long, very straight hair. Now I didn't really notice her until we were at altitude for a while, and that's when she starts flipping her hair back over her headrest. This was also a 5 hour flight, and her hair hung down onto the keyboard of my laptop. I got her attention and asked her to pull her hair back onto the side of her seat, but she refused. She said to me, why should I have to sit on my hair for five hours and get a headache? So with that response, I got some tissue and I moved her hair off to the side. That's when she turns around and screams at me, telling me to stop touching her hair. Then she promptly tossed it back over as before. Of course, at this point, I pressed the call button and I had a flight attendant tell her to knock it off. She grumbled, but I was able to continue without hair in my work for a while. About an hour later though, she did it again, and her hair flipped right into my cup of water. No harm to her, but my beverage was ruined. So at this point, I decided to get some revenge. I pulled out two pieces of bubblegum, and I'd start chewing. A bit about me is I like blowing bubbles, and I'm good at it too. A little girl across the aisle had noticed the hairy diva's antics, and she was suddenly very interested as she watched me blow the bubbles. Sure enough, a hair flip came soon, and it coincided with a rather large bubble I was blowing. And that's when the little girl shrieks, Your hair has gum in it! Announcing the news to the annoying person in front of me. The hairy diva's hands flew into her hair, and she scrambled to the lavatory, and she never came back. I was so happy to have her away for a bit that I didn't even ask where she ended up. I just hope she learned her lesson, or she cut her hair. Guys, that entitled woman got exactly what she deserved. Now, I don't have long hair, but I can imagine that there's ways to not sit on your hair. Like tying it up or tossing it over your shoulders so it rests on your lap. I don't know. That was so entitled, guys, pure and simple. And if I were OP, I might have closed and latched the tray table on it. That would have been my move. So we've all had bad bosses before, right? This doesn't paint me in a great light, but I was 18 or 19 at the time, and a dick. I used to work retail for a small outdoor goods store. It was six members of staff small. Ski stuff in the winter, camping and hiking stuff in the summer. Now I wasn't passionate about it, but a job's a job. The woman who hired me left pretty soon after I started. She got a job that was in her field of degree, and she left the store in the care of a supervisor at the time, named Lauren. 
Now, Lauren was the kind of girl that we've all had the poor fortune to deal with at some point. She was entitled, irresponsible, held power over you when it suited her, and tried painfully hard to be your best friend when she wanted something from you. It was annoying at best as a supervisor, but abusive with her power as a manager. She started changing people's shifts, so she was never in the store during peak hours. She would take the easy shifts when the store was dead, and she would spend her time hanging out in the back office doing important paperwork, also known as sitting on her phone or reading a magazine. Then she would start hiring her friends, and she would schedule them when they wanted to work. The staff ended up turning into a conveyor belt of Hot Topic wannabe models. A few of them were okay, but I do remember one of them working at night shift, covering a close for Lauren, and closing early, emptying the till, never to be seen again. Lauren later said that she'd only known him a week before hiring him. The worst thing she did, though, was abuse the three-month probation rule. Off the top of my head, they went through eight different members of staff over the course of five months. Now, that might not sound like a lot, but in a store of six employees, it wasn't a small amount. A member of staff would be hired and would be doing great. And then all of a sudden, Lauren would say, Oh, I'm sorry, we don't need your services anymore. Or, it's just not working out. Or, I don't think you're the right fit for us. And with that, they would be gone. No notice period, nothing. Just gone. I found out, during one of her please like me spells, that the area manager hadn't actually promoted her to be full manager yet. He wanted to make sure that she was the best option for the role. So she basically thought that so long as no one else lasted long enough to shine better than her, she would become manager and get all the perks that came with it. That's when we hired a woman called Kirsty, who was in her mid to late 30s and was a great person. She was enthusiastic, a team player, great with customers. I mean, pretty much exactly what you'd want in a manager. However, when it was just me and Lauren, Lauren would go off on how she doesn't like Kirsty how she's thinking about getting rid of her unless her attitude improved. And that's when I decided to step in. I got my phone out, hit record as Lauren goes on another rant. I caught her saying, here's the thing that Kirsty bitch doesn't get. I'm in charge. I can fire whoever I want. And to be honest, I wouldn't be surprised if I was taking over the position of that fat idiot area manager of ours. I just let her talk for like 10 minutes, just spewing everything bad about everyone only responding with, really, and oh yeah. That night, I sent the video to Kirsty, telling her to make sure she was on her best behavior as the area manager would be seeing this. So after he received the video, he came into the store and called Lauren out. He lost it on her. He told her that in the time she'd been in charge, the store had lost somewhere in the region of fifteen dollars to $20,000, and they had to get the police involved against her friend, who repeatedly stole from the tills. He also mentioned that our store for some reason had one of the highest turnover rates in the country, and he fired her on the spot. Kirsty ended up taking over as manager, and the store finally started turning a profit. Now that was a satisfying little revenge, guys. People like Lauren should definitely never be in management positions. And it's always shocking how these people get into positions of power in the first place, guys. Like, were they once a good employee and then promoted and then let the power go to their heads? Or did they somehow snake their way into these positions? So this is the story of Mike. Mike managed the warehouse of a hospital. 
Said hospital was built in the 50s in the center of the town. The stadium is on one side, the justice halls in another, and the schools on a third side. There's also two other medical buildings around, so the streets are crowded with cars searching for parking. One day, when opening the gate of the landing dock, Mike noticed a little car that's parked in the hospital internal court, near the 2,000-liter liquid oxygen tank. Now this was of course absolutely forbidden for three reasons. Number one, this is private property. Number two, the yard had been planned before 35-ton trucks were the norm and maneuvering is already difficult. Number three, liquid oxygen is explosive. A car or truck hitting the tank would be a major hazard. Now this car was a small Italian car, so Mike makes some calls. He finds out that the car is not owned by someone of the warehouse or the nursing staff, and no doctors drove the car. The reception made public announcements asking visitors to move the badly parked car to no avail. By the 18th hour, the car is gone, and we're thinking, okay, problem solved. But the day after, the car is back there again. The same calls with the same results, and that's when Mike called the police. But the police can't have it towed because it's a private place, and the towing company won't do it without police. When it's time to close the warehouse, the car's gone once more. On the third day, when the landing docks open, the car's already there. And now that's a real problem. A 35-ton truck from Germany is coming this day. There's no way that it can reach the dock without hitting the car and the liquid oxygen tank. It's now become a real problem this day. All the warehouse team exchanged ideas on what to do. But all the feasible solutions have already been tried. This person hasn't learned their lesson. It's at that point, someone from the maintenance team passes by on a forklift with a pallet of plaster bags. And it struck everyone at the same time. There's no way the small Italian car could weigh more than that one ton of plaster. So Mike goes and talks to the forklift driver while the team searches for a wood pallet. Slowly, with many precautions, the forklift slides the pallet under the car. It lifts the whole car off the ground and went to drop the car off on a nearby street, right in the middle of the street. Within 10 minutes, the police are called over a car that's parked in the middle of the street blocking traffic. With that said, the car's towed away in less than a half hour. The truck had no problem maneuvering that day. Two days later, rumors ran the hospital. It was the car of the director's wife. She worked in a medical building some streets away. Even though everyone thought Mike made a good move, they of course wait to see what will follow. Mike's of course called to the big director's office. As soon as he walks in the door, he starts explaining, yes, I know it's your wife's car, but... And that's when the director stops him and says, what? No, I called you for an entirely different matter. I warned my wife several times. She had it coming. So until the hospital closed 20 years later, the story's been repeated to each new worker and medical student. You can put your car on a tree if you want, but don't park in the landing dock court because Mike will make it disappear. I sure hope she learned her lesson after that, guys. Like, it's always super satisfying when entitled people are not only inconvenienced, but it also costs them money in the end. So here's a little backstory. I own a $600,000 plot of land, and I also have this neighbor. His land is a little small, but it's right next to mine, and the previous owner couldn't fence it without having an argument. He told me this, so I put up warning signs all around the area stating, Warning, going beyond this point is trespassing. A small river also goes nearby, which is where I fish. One day, I go fishing, and as you can guess, I see this neighbor walking on my side of the fence, as it was pretty far away from his land, about 50 meters or so, walking his dog. 
So I place my equipment down by the river on a rock and walk towards him. I stand in front of him and the expression on his face was clearly pissed. He yells at me to move it. I then explain that he shouldn't be walking his dog here and that he was trespassing and that I can have him fined or even arrested. At that, he starts to yell at me, and through the loud words and insults, I learned that this guy's dad is the police chief. The guy then scoffs at me, telling me that I can't stop him from walking on this property, and he continues walking. His dog even chewed up my bait bag with him laughing at me. I immediately took my fishing equipment minus the baits and go home. I called the cops, but they said without proof, there's nothing they could do, and this did piss me off a little. So a week goes by, and he's on my property multiple times, so I do a little bit of researching. Apparently, bears live in the forest around both mine and his property. I decided I could use this. I checked his property from the gap, and that's when I realized that he had kicked down all of my no trespassing signs, every single one of them. And this is where I decided to get some revenge. I went to town, bought some paints, metal poles and sheets, and some bear traps, and I hired some builders. My plan took a full week to finish, but it's finally complete. There were metal signs cemented into the ground with the words, Stay out, bear traps laid, painted on with a bear trap at the foot of each one. I then lay bear traps all around my property, but it's dense around the gap. I waited in my house for a few days before getting a phone call, and it's my lawyer. He says that my neighbor filed a lawsuit, and that I should come over to discuss the plan. I do, and I explain everything. I even provide him the purchase receipts. When we get to court, I learn what he sued me on. He's accusing me of purposefully targeting his dog and injuring it on purpose, which caught the attention of PETA, who had a representative show up. I stayed quiet, only confirming or denying statements, letting my lawyer deal with everything. We won by a landslide, and I was paid $25,000. Now I did have to pay some money for his dog's medical bill, but that was only $175, since the bear trap only barely caught the tip of its tail. Needless to say, that guy stayed clear of my property. I like the peaceful fishing again. Alright, so I just want to say thank goodness that dog wasn't seriously injured by one of those bear traps, guys, because that could have ended terribly due to that entitled neighbor. Like, how stupidly entitled do you have to be to not only completely ignore the no trespassing signs, but to kick them over and then sue someone for your stupid actions? My goodness. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.
A while back, my grandparents, who have lived in the same house for decades, got two new neighbors. It was a wife and husband, with two kids, and they did seem fairly nice. The husband spoke to my grandfather a few times when they were outside, and they did seem genuine. He said he was a correctional officer, so his hours were strange, and he may be coming and going at odd hours, depending on the schedule. A few months later, they go on vacation, and they ask my grandfather to watch their house to make sure no one's lurking around or breaking in. A few days into their vacation, my grandfather heard their dog whining in the backyard, so he looks over the fence and he found the dog tied up on about a six-foot lead with no water around. He couldn't get inside the yard, so he called animal control, who came and took the dog. When the neighbors got home, the husband went ballistic. He hit my grandparents' door so hard that they thought it was gonna break. He then got in my grandfather's face and called him every ugly word he could come up with and told him that if he ever caught him outside on his own, he would make him pay for making them lose their dog. It only escalated from there. In the middle of the night, someone took a large dumpster from the back alley and they threw it over the fence into my grandparents' pool. Their kids would always throw eggs from their backyard all over my grandparents' back patio and house. Someone even threw a grapefruit through my grandparents' window. The police were called every single time, but they said we couldn't prove who was doing it, and they weren't caught in the act, so there was nothing they could do. At that point, I had enough, and I start making calls up the ladder with the correctional institution. I spoke to the warden at his facility, and I was told that they would look into the issue. A few days later, the idiot shows up again at my grandparents' house. He was going off, and this time, he was threatening to harm my grandfather again to teach me a lesson about trying to mess with his life. That's when I went out the door to confront him, and he walked off. He told me he wasn't going to hit me because he'd lose his job, and I wasn't worth it, but he proceeded to continue screaming and threatening me as he walked back inside his house. This time, though, I was ready for this prick, and I was recording everything from the moment he started slamming on the door. I called and spoke to the warden again, and I told him that I had video evidence of the threats and this guy's general volatile nature. A week later, two guys showed up at my grandparents' house, and they said they worked for the associate director of corrections. They sat down for over an hour with my grandparents, and wanted to know every detail of events that's happened, so they were told everything. From the dog, to the vandalism, to the threats. I came over and showed them the video I had taken, and we showed them copies of the police reports we filed. Apparently, this guy had an issue with his temper, among other things, and he was here because he'd been told to take a transfer or be terminated from his previous facility, so they transferred here. The guy ended up losing his job, and his house was foreclosed on, and my parents were given an order of protection, and we never saw them again. They left in the middle of the night, not long after we met with the director people. Thankfully, all is well since they left, and they've since gotten new neighbors who are wonderful people, and they own a local restaurant. They've even brought food over to my grandparents a few times, and they are excellent neighbors. A correctional officer with temper issues, guys. Why am I not surprised? And OP's revenge is absolutely crazy, though. Calling the guy's work, getting him fired, causing them to lose their house. I applaud him. Like, this is what you do to idiots who keep harassing your family. And honestly, they got off easy, guys. Like, those idiots went on vacation, left their dog outside tied to a six-foot leash with no food or water around. In my opinion, that idiot deserved much worse. So here's a simple revenge. I worked in a moving company for a year before being laid off. And during that time, I would learn just how pompous and bossy some clients tend to be. 
So here's the story. A client, who we'll call Entitled, wanted his stuff moved from a decent place in San Diego to a spot in the downtown area. It was a really nice apartment he picked out too. Now, the policy the company had was he pays for two hours worth of work when he moves, to somewhat guarantee some amount of income. And after those two hours, we charge him the hourly rate. As myself and two other guys are busying ourselves with wrapping all the furniture, loading up the cardboard moving boxes, and hauling up all the stuff into the truck, I overhear this entitled idiot talking to his wife, saying something like, I'll only pay them for two hours for the move total. No big deal, sweetie. No big deal, I say to myself. And I take the time afterwards to let the guys know that it's most likely one of the two-hour jobs. Nothing we haven't done before, but hey, mild annoyances at best. So an hour passes and everything's loaded up in time. I write down the times, start the truck, and off we go. We don't charge them for transportation of the move. But when we reach the destination and we found parking, Entitled seems to be unnerved, and here's why. The apartment unit is seven stories high, overlooking much of the downtown area near Petco Park Stadium. However, that's not the case. It was the elevators. And said elevators are currently in use by the other tenants. With 45 minutes of the two-hour job left to go, I told the boys to start unloading since we figured already how to work with this. Again, I overhear Entitled say something under his breath. Something along the lines of, how come they didn't reserve the elevators, dammit? Not sure if it was towards me or the apartment tenants, but given that he's had that kind of attitude since we started, I was suspicious that those words were aimed at me and the crew. So what does he do? Usually in this situation, most clients grumble and go along with it, but not Mr. Entitled. He starts shouting at us to hurry the F up, while myself and two other co-workers are busting our asses to unload the boxes and send them up the elevator. At this point, I'm tired, my lungs are burning from the strain of the job, and my entire body is sweating pretty damn profusely. Plus, I got the client pacing back and forth, looking like he's about to explode. Finally, Mr. Entitled snaps, and he starts an argument with me about the two-hour mark. How it's passed, and he's not paying for the rest of the move, red-faced and screaming at my face. At this point, aholemode.exe is engaged. Initially, I tried to calm him down, and just when the two other guys reappear from the elevator, I tell them to stop. I then look to Mr. Entitled and asked amidst the screaming, if you want me to continue the move past the two-hour mark. He says, yes. I then ask to clarify that you will not be paying us for the remainder of the move past the two-hour mark, as it'll render our services complete. At that, he says yes. I also ask if he's sure, as we will not move anything into the apartment once our services are complete. He gives me this, are you effing kidding me face? And he says, I paid you efforts to move my crap into my apartment. And I hit back with, sir, you paid for two hours of our time. To which the man says, and I'm not going to pay you efforts any extra. And there it was, hook, line, and sinker. At that, I radioed Central and let them know my times for the move and also notified them of the completion of the contract. Once that was done, I gathered up the paperwork, had him fill it out, and then watched as he stormed off back up the elevator, most likely satisfied at his skill in negotiations. Once that was done, I told the boys to unload again, this time into the street. Now at this point, you may be asking, but why would you throw this man's furniture into the street? That's a pretty mean thing to do. And that's a good question. I love these questions, and here's why. 
because now that he signed the papers releasing us from the contract, his things are essentially now his things in our truck. There was nowhere else to put them except on the street. When he finally put two and two together, we'd already unloaded the last of his things from the truck in about 15 minutes, which wasn't too bad, and another half hour we would be done and over with. After arranging in titled boxes and some furniture neatly in an organized fashion, I got on the truck with my guys and drove off back to Central, where we drank all the water we could find, ate through our lunches, and then some, and clocked out. Honestly, I don't know what that guy was expecting, guys. I can't believe he was trying to pull that little stunt. I'm only gonna pay you for two hours, but I expect you to work the extra three to get all of my stuff into my apartment. Like, in what world is that gonna work, sir? Like, the lesson here is don't be cheap when it comes to paying the people moving your stuff, because it's gonna cause a lot of headache, time, and possibly more money if you're extra cheap. And that, my friends, brings us to another end of our slash entitled people. Guys, if you enjoyed the stories today, Hit that like button and subscribe so you don't miss these crazy stories. If you missed the last episode on the channel, it's another r slash entitled people episode, guys, where an entitled Karen demands a grandma's house because she's dying. Go check it out if you haven't, and myself and Stevie Boy will see you guys in the next one. We love you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.